Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
right, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bitter. It's where I speak to bands about jobs. That's it. All bands are working during the daytime, playing by night. And the Chisel have just announced a weekender tour, which says to me that they're able to get paid during the week and go on tour of the weekend. That's going to be with Rifle around the UK next month. The Chisel's new record, What a Fucking Nightmare, is also out next month. It's going to be a jam. What a brilliant band. Come out in 2021, I think, with Retaliation, that amazing record. Uh, I've seen them a couple of times since. I've been lucky enough to, and they've always been great. Go see The Chisel on tour. I spoke with Callum Graham on this episode uh, about everything that he's done since he was a kid. We're going to get straight into it because this chat was a bit like that. My chat with Cal was a bit like listening to a Chisel record. It was kind of like, get in and get the fuck out. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go straight into that. Cheers for listening. If you enjoy this episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Don't think I'm a twat for asking. It's just, that's what i got to do. Please leave a review if you've got 30 seconds to. Shout out to 2000 Trees Festival in Cheltenham happening this July. It's going to be ace. It's always brilliant down there. Good mix of punk and hardcore as well as a bit of indie rock, a bit of folk as well. The Gaslight Anthem are headlining on the Thursday night. Manchester Orchestra, Better Lovers, Gouge Away, The Mysterines, Hot Mulligan, Teenage Wrist. If you want to go to 2000 Trees this July down in Cheltenham, it's just one the best medium-sized festival for the third year running, I think, at least the second year running. That's the place to go. It's all independent vendors. Great time down there. Go and get your tickets now from 2000trees.co.uk. Introducing Ampollo, the new app for musicians. Using AI stem separation, play along to any song, improving your practice and performance. Record audio or video and connect with musicians all over the world. Collaborating and creating together. Think Google Docs meets TikTok, but for musicians. There's a huge range of video and audio editing tools, and the best part, it's free. Download today and make your mark. Ampolo, made for music. Go and get Ampolo if you want to play some music and make some friends. But right now, on 101 part-time jobs, it's the estimator, reculator, Cal Graham from The Chisel. 101 part-time you've sent over a couple of the jobs that you've worked yeah. haven't you i think so yeah so you've been a kitchen porter at pontins i tell you when i uh well when i got kicked out of school i was 15 years old i needed a job obviously i didn't have any gcses so uh i got a job at pontins and uh, that's where it all started it was fucking great <laughs> <laughs> what'd you get kicked out of school at 15 for uh, well, I lived in Carlisle till I was uh, 13, 14. And then I went to a school that was quite, um, it kind of let a lot of things go in terms of what you could get away with and that. But then when I moved to Blackpool, mm. uh, the school wasn't up for it anymore. So I got booed out of school, needed a job. My mum told yeah. me to fucking get out there and get one. And then I ended up <laughs> at Pontins. the best year of my life. As far I grew up in a town where I went to the school where people would get kicked out, but generally people behaved like people knew they'd get reprimanded. My mates who went to school down the road, they got away with fucking murder and yeah, yeah. they still talk about it. It sounds like a lot of fun. So that's that first school that you went to was, is, 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 a, is a lot of people having a lot of fun getting away with being kids. That's it. it uh, just after I left, you got the lowest score, Ofsted score in the Northwest, apparently. 
So it have to rebrand <laughs> itself from uh, Morton School to Richard Rose Academy. Uh, that story before. That's funny. I mean, how looking back now, like as an adult, reflecting on it now, like how do you reckon you took it? Were you? Because uh, I don't like, you know, when you're 15, even if you're pretty hard, you still you're still gonna be you're still still like a vulnerable person, aren't you? Oh yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, I, I look back on it and I think I could have done better than that, but it was the uh, everyone place does. That I lived in that. It wasn't, it wasn't really nurturing people like me, you know. And so it's, yeah, it's, you misbehave, you get told to fuck off. And going to Blackpool, there were shows. I mean, I've only been up once for Rebellion, so I get like a that that weekend is obviously so different to what it's usually like. What was your experience moving there and, and meeting pals there and hanging out? Um, there was like I don't know, there was a music scene and that, and there was people that were into punk, but it was only really when it was like holidays in the sun or what became Wasted Festival, what became yeah. Rebellion. Uh, that you really got some gigs and that you had the odd punk gig here and there, but there wasn't enough of a scene to ever do anything like that. Mm-hmm. There, was, there, was, there was a scene, but it was all different types of bands rather than there being an actual like punk scene or, a, or even like a hardcore scene. There was nothing. Right. So what were you getting up to? Were, were you able to like, were you excited about punk rock at that time in your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I loved it. But, uh, and I had people, I had mates who, who did as well. And we started bands and this and that, but it never went, went anywhere. No one give a shit. Yeah. They give yeah. a shit. They give a shit in a kind of like you know when you're 15, 16 years old and you just you just up mates with loads of fucking people and all the kids are in different types of bands and stuff. You play at the community center and shit like that. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's kind of what it was like. So people supported you there, but in terms of like an actual scene, now there mm. wasn't too much to be honest. I even think about that. Like I'm from near Watford, and there were promoters and you were close to London, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes away from town. And there were, yeah. there were the older bands and everyone always had like an older brother or an older sibling that done stuff my whole life. Like I feel now I'm re- really like, I realize I'm so lucky for it. Cause obviously not everyone gets that. Oh no, it's, it's like, I mean, we used to go over to Manchester, Sheffield and had to go to gigs and like, if there was punk stuff or hardcore yeah. stuff and that, but no, and I did in, in the immediate vicinity, was fuck all and especially on the hardcore side of it i don't i don't think there was many people that are even into hardcore when i was younger mm-hmm. so i was like i felt very alone at times in blackpool yeah it'd be a bit of a romantic seaside town isn't it but then obviously obviously it's got that tension with being like obviously it's been completely fucked over by the government for years yeah. and years and just totally left to sort of stew in itself i mean that's yeah. me that's probably a bit rude me saying that because i've never lived no, there no, no, no. It's, it's, i mean it's I mean, it's completely true i mean the whole foundations of blackpool as a town was like it was a working class like it was a it was a local working class place where you could go on holiday and stuff and then as oh. soon as it got cheaper to fly i don't know ryanair and shit or whatever in the 80s it kind of got forgotten about and left behind so it's not it's cheaper i mean for me to get a train from london up to blackpool talking about 150 quid return wow. I, could fly to, I could fly to new york for that you know <laughs> yeah and you witnessed that happen you're that age like you saw that happening in the 90s yeah, yeah. I mean, but about the same time, it was it was long gone by then. To be honest, it was it was already fully in it. I mean, but Blackpool as a, as a town, it's because it's seasonal work and things like that. So, you'd, uh, for, it'd be booming. Everyone would be working. Everybody would be in work constantly, and, and there'd be like good vibes and that. And it'd be it'd be it'd be decent. But then, as soon as it goes out of season, you get mm. like five thousand people unemployed overnight. You know what I mean? And say, and for a lot of people, they, they can't really handle that and can't really yeah. move on from that. And it's it's, it's just a it's very sad to see and it's very sad to grow up around it as well. How does that realise itself then? Does that mean like people go to the pub more and get like pissed more and get angry more? And how, how yeah, did you see all that stuff affecting people? Oh, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't just say getting pissed because like, people couldn't afford it. It was more 
people start shooting up smack, people start fucking robbing people. And there's a lot, there's a high crime rate, there's a high suicide rate. It's got like one of the biggest fucking, like, it's, it's a drug capital of the UK and that. So it's like, yeah, people are angry and people are pissed off. But it's like, there was, there was other things, you know, people just couldn't fucking survive. And you got away with it. You know, you, you got between the cracks and, you know, you were able to not I fall mean, in with the wrong people and not get depressed. No, 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 no I 100% fell in with the wrong people. And uh, 100%. Well, I mean, I was never a part of, um, no, I've never, been, I've never been on any hard, hard drugs or anything like that. But it's I've seen it happen around me and some of my friends and stuff. And I've seen them all promising people, like, just waste away and stuff like that. It was a... Uh, I mean, it's like, it's like I, had, I had two of my best friends die before the age of 16, you know what I mean? It was, uh, and that was wow. through drugs as well. So it's like, even though I haven't been a part of it, there's it, definitely been a part of my life, you know? Mm -hmm. And as a kitchen porter, that's where yeah. a lot of that shit happens, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, with pontins especially, it's like people, people used to live on the sites and that. So right. it's like, so if you worked there, you could live on uh, the site, get all your rent paid for and stuff like that. So you had a lot of people working there. It just kind of wanted to get off the grid a bit. Mm -hmm. So you, you so you met some fucking wrongins, but uh, you met some characters as well. Like, it's all right. Yeah, that's it's it's like it's exactly those kinds of places that you, you meet those characters you never forget, and for better or worse, right? <laughs> They're mm. gonna be gonna be some really inspiring people you meet there. Yeah, memories for life. It's holiday, isn't it? It's like rules go out the window in some places like that. Oh, no, I mean, even when I was a kid, going to Butlins and that, and like, even going to Pontins. When you when you went to those places, like, it was kind of like its, its own little village and stuff. So people just yeah. go crazy. Yeah, yeah. How long did you stay there for? I worked there for a year before before I moved back. No, before I started being their carpenter. Yeah, I mean, a year's quite a long time when you're that age as well. Yeah, it was my first job. I actually loved it as well. But I, I actually quit my job uh, so I could go to Leeds Festival because it wouldn't give me the time off, so I quit after a year. <laughs> so the lock-up stage. <laughs> That's funny. And then, so what? So you were left without a job and you were like, okay, was 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 moving back to... Was was moving back to your hometown? Was that the obvious choice? Well, it's like um, it was the obvious choice because I didn't have anything else. It's like I, I grew up around construction. I didn't have any GCSEs, obviously. I didn't really have anything going for us. I didn't even. I didn't have no. I had no ambition to do anything other than to just to fucking exist. To be honest, or just mm -hmm. to, like, and it's uh, so I got the opportunity to become a carpenter. And then it went from there, you know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Cause it went to work with my dad back in Carlisle afterwards. And all right. It can be all right money. Can't it? You can walk away with a couple of hundred quid in your pocket. From well, a day. Not, when you're, not when you're an apprentice for three years though. Cause that's when they get, that's when they make the money off you. They, three. they teach you the, the ways of the world and that and how to do it, which is fair enough, man. It's like, it's like you get taught the craft at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, but you're still getting paid. I mean, when I see how much people get paid to fit a door these days, and I think that my dad used to give me 20 quid for each door that I could hang. I think it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> How did you deal with that? You must have known at the time that, you know, you're at the bottom of the food chain. How did you deal yeah, with I mean, that? I mean, I, I did, but I was kind of, but at the same time, um, I'm not the fucking, um, I'm not the smartest person. So I think I just got took advantage of a little bit. I mean, that's probably because so I was to that. <laughs> and what's it, Car Carlisle, there was there stuff going on there? Was there bands going on there? Were you playing in bands in Blackpool or Carlisle around that sort no, of time? No, in, in, in Blackpool, I was in the Scar Band when I was 15 years old. But yeah. in, when, I moved, when I moved back to Carlisle for work and that, it wasn't, there was, I mean, there, there was a scene in that, but I never did a band since then. An enjoyable time, but when I moved back to Carlisle, there was, there was a scene and stuff, but... Again, it was just kind of like a music venue that exists to exist, and it's, it's rolling bands coming in yeah. and out, and that, but no real 
music scene really existed there. In terms of mm-hmm. punk and hardcore and stuff, and I, like obviously there's like metal bands and stuff, but I'm talking about the stuff that I'm into. Well, and what were you in the, in that, into that time? So you're into ska punk. I feel like, like, I mean, I was banging into ska punk and Lightyear and Capdown, um, and, and, when I, when uh, I, when Five around, Knuckle. So when around when I was like 15 and that Lightyear and that were fucking like, I loved Lightyear and I liked Five Knuckle as well. Mm. But around about then, it was like, it was when I was getting into punk and hardcore and stuff like that. Then as soon as I started getting into that kind of stuff, then it was just everything else just kind of went out the window a little bit, you know, and it's uh, yeah. kind of put your focus on that. Carpentry, I mean, I, I, I want to ask without asking, because I feel like anyone I know who's done any kind of that sort of stuff has at some point, you know, nearly lost a fucking finger. Have you had your, your run-ins? Um, I had a run-in with um, a cross-cutting saw where I was feeding it in and I pulled down the, uh, to, to, to bring it down, but, and the protection guard was actually up. So it can, not, normally when you pull it down, the protection guard comes up, but it was already up and I pulled the saw down. I had my hand like this. And instead of pulling my hand, my finger into the side, knocked it away. So I had a big gash on my finger, but it could have actually just pulled it in and just mangled my hand. And also I bought, yeah. I bought a new Stanley knife once and I was cutting a bit of plasterboard and I took the tip of my finger right off. You can't tell now because it's been about 20 years, but it, it was at the time that the flesh came off and everything. I went proper faint. Oh man, my girlfriend, we live opposite a Morley's. And not too long ago, we, we were pissed and my girlfriend was like, give me, give me the big bottle. Like, give me the big ketchup, you know, the industrial one. And we yeah. got home and because it's the industrial one, it actually, it wasn't like sort of user friendly. So she got a Stanley knife and fucking slashed her leg open. I'm laughing because she's fine now, but like those things, they, they, they cut through flesh like anything. That's it. I mean, they're like, made to cut things like plasterboard on that, but Jesus Christ, you could do some damage of it. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. You know, like, I think the thing that makes me like want to do this interviews thing and speak to people and like get this on record is because I feel like at some point in anyone's life, you realize, oh, fuck, if I don't take control of myself, like no one else is going to do it for me. And I feel like people have like one or two or three moments in in your life where that happens. Did, did, Did you did you have any of those sort of I don't want to call it like spiritual moments, but any of those moments where you thought, Oh fuck! This is this is up to me. You know, no one else is going to do this for me. I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, I mean, it relates right to your podcast. I mean, the two main times in my whole entire life was um, when I left Pontins. And I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do with myself. So my friends at the time go to college, do this and that. I really had no interest in that. Grew up around construction, family all in construction, this and that. It's, it, I, I knew that I just needed to make a change and I needed to do something about it. Because otherwise, I was like, I was just going to, I don't know, I was just going to fall to the wayside a little bit. Mm. And I had a little bit of a freak out about it. And then that's when I took my uh, my dad's offer to be an apprentice joiner. And then the next time was when I actually stopped being a joiner and went to be an estimator. Because I used to have, uh, we had a contract 
with center parks and this guy that we used to call Frank the Tank, he was an older fella and he used to like kind of mentor us a little bit and that, but he used to just slag his work off to fuck like constantly. And he, right. uh, he turned around to us and I was hammering in nails, center park, five o'clock in the morning, fucking big busy jacket on, pissing down rain. I was like, I don't know, I think I was like 21 at the time or something. And it was like, I was just like, I, I, I'm kind of getting fucking sick of this. And Frank turned around to us and said, you see you youngins, you come here and you're doing this manual labor and that you're getting paid decent amount on that, but you're working 60 hours a week and you're putting your body through hell. And he's like, I wouldn't mm. do it if I was you. And at the time, my, the firm that I was working for, they were offering um, voluntary redundancies because it was the 2008 recession. And uh, it, it just pushed me to take it. And then I used that to uh, become an estimator, which is obviously what I do now. And what is that? What is an estimator? What does an estimator it's, it's, it's do? Just, it's, it's just construction. So it's basically it's just estimating construction uh, costs. Right, right. So you're clever. You're good with numbers. I mean, Excel's good with numbers. I wouldn't say I am. <laughs> so how, what, does, what does that mean? Will you go round to a site and get your pencil out and so like do... Be, so if, if a client wants to build a building, they'll come to us and they'll say, look, I, I want to construct this, this and that. Um, I need to know how much it's going to cost. I need you to help bring a contractor on board. And they'll work with the contractor... Um, to arrange a price, uh, go right. to site, and then price the works, value any works done, pay them, and this and that. So it's kind of like the more, mm -hmm. the more financial side of it, but you've got to have knowledge of construction costs, and you've got to be able to have worked in the contractor side as well if you want to be good at it. And that means you could move around town as well, because obviously you live in London now. Yeah, I've been here 13 years now, and I fell in love with the city, you know what I mean? It's like the north's my home. I am a northerner, but it's... Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't go back. To be honest, when I go back to Blackpool, even when I go back to Carlisle, they remind me of mini Londons these days, isn't that? Like, it's like these places used to have their own identity to me. But then I go to mm. it and it's just trying to cut the carbon copying the same thing again and again. So I go, to, I go up north and I just think, oh, yeah, you just, it just seems like London. There's nothing, there's nothing unique about it to me anymore. Did you find your place in London quite quickly? Because like I say, I'm from like just outside the suburbs, really. And it took me fucking 10 years to live in a place this place you know it took me 10 years to find somewhere that a i could afford but but i also liked you know yeah yeah. i mean I'm, i mean it's hard i'm still i'm still i'm still, i think i'm still trying to find a place in london is when i when i first moved down here you know my accent was a lot stronger maybe the slang i was using was a lot more direct and so people didn't know what the fuck i was saying i think people still still to this day with it so it took a couple <laughs> of years for me for that to soften maybe slightly <laughs> And then at the first few years in London, I fucking hated it. Um, I've continuously, I mean, I live in Walthamstow now, but I've continuously moved further and further out as each year has gone on because the cost, the, 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 how much it costs to fucking live here. It's going to of course. Hey, band's been kicking off last few years. New record coming out on Pure Noise. Obviously, like big US label, like some amazing bands on that label. Bouncing Souls. Yeah, less than How Jake. Was, say what? Less than Jake. Less than Jake. Here we go. <laughs> what's what's that been like in the last few years? Because I mean, I guess I first heard you probably two years ago when that first record came out. Is that twenty one? Yeah, yeah, and then it's and it's kind of ramped up pretty quickly. You've done US tours, you've toured a, a lot elsewhere as well. What's that yeah. been like on like on a personal level, trying to 
fucking work out the hours in the day to do it i mean it's 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 literally my vacation days that take so we'll do like three or know, three tours three or four tours a year and then i'll do then we'll do weekenders and stuff like that but it's literally i haven't had a holiday in four years that's the thing three or four years and it's uh it is tiring it takes it out of here but at the same time i do fucking love it and it's um and all yeah. if i wasn't doing it and i turn my back on it i'd miss it you know what i mean so i'm i'm, I'm actually happy to do that but i do think i need to start striking that balance a little bit better i think what people are getting out of the chisel what i'm getting out of the chisel is like you li- I lived kind of vicariously through your lyrics, you know, even like yeah. what a fucking nightmare. And, you know, it sounds maybe so basic to say, but sometimes like I don't admit to myself like, Oh, I'm fucking pissed off about that because I want to be like happy chappy. I think some bands and, and it goes for you know, maybe what I see in hardcore as well is it, it frees me up to feel a bit like, yeah, fuck off. I'm going to yeah. have fun. Like I, I'm not going to be told what to do. I feel, you know, that kind of feeling that we, we had as kids, right? That's the, yeah. that's the feeling you get when you get into punk and hardcore. I get that from the chisel. And I think a lot of other people do as well. No, I appreciate that, man. I mean, in, t- in terms of the lyrics and that, it's, uh, cause I do all last minute. I write the lyrics last minute. And I'm not the most, I don't, I don't have the best vocabulary. I can't fucking, I wish I could do like little meanings behind stuff from that, but I just can't. So literally, I can only go, you fucking cunt. You fucking yeah, but you don't need to, because it's fucking <laughs> call a spade a spade. That's true. Yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 do, I, do, I do agree with that. But that's, that is, it's, I'm not, I'm not intentionally doing that. You know, it's like, I just, it's just all I can fucking do. <laughs> what are you most looking forward to this year? Are there, are there any places you're heading to that you're really keen on? Oh, playing. So welcome to Rockville and that, and, and this other one playing like Slipknot and shit like that, and like Corn uh, yeah. and uh, Judas Priest and stuff. And it's like yeah. for a band like us to be doing something like that, it's, it, I mean, it, it, it's it's I love it, but it's it, it feels fucking weird, if I'm honest. And playing some of those big festivals, you're gonna have fun running around, nicking people's beers, and generally like having a blast. Right? I mean, that's what I would do. Oh no, no, that, that's the thing. And it's like since we've started like playing festivals and stuff like that, I just kind of embracing it a little bit because it reminds me back to when I was a kid and I used to actually want to go to these festivals. So it's like yeah. when I when I'm going and playing them, I'm still going about and that, and it's like it brings it all back. You know, it's it's, it's decent. Bowery Ballroom. I mean, that's not. How do you feel about that? That's that's wild. I mean, I haven't been to that venue myself, but over the years, I see bands that I love playing there. And you see their messages being like, this is, means a lot to us. What does yeah. it mean to you? I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a big deal, to be honest. It's like, because we, we actually played there last year for uh, War Hogs, like reunion show. But um, for us to be doing our headline show there and for it to sell out in a good month or so before the show even happened and it to, yeah. for it to be the biggest show, it's just it's fucking, it's quality, man. I'm, it, I'm very excited. And Homefront Race, saw them at the High Viz show. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, I did a song with him uh, last year, and we, the song that we've done together, we sang it once in Barcelona a couple of weeks ago. So this is going to be the first time outside of that that we do it together again. Nice, mate. That's so exciting. I'm so buzzing for you. You know, I'm excited to hear the record. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. It's it's exciting, and and you know, it gives us gives me and my mates and whoever it gives us a fun place to go to. You know, you're making that's that, brilliant. and that's like what a better thing than that. So thanks so much. No, no, thank you, man. That, 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 I really appreciate that. Just to end with, I like to hear about people's like work gaffes, like people's work mistakes. I, I've always been quite bad. And like on my first day, I've always, I've always said something stupid. I've always embarrassed myself. I've always just, I've been that person so many times. So maybe it's like a bit of me that uh, wants to hear other people's versions of those stories. But when I say that, does anything come to mind? Any times you've embarrassed yourself or fucked up at work? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, there's, a, there's one where I really did fuck up, and this could actually come back to bite me if the wrong people actually hear it. But it's um, when I took voluntary redundancy, it was one of the last chalets that we were doing at Centre Park, and the big waste pipe had just been installed. And I was fucking about with my um, tape measure, and it was a big, chunky fat max. It was like, it's about this thick, literally, probably the, the width of the pipe. And uh, it fell in it, and I put my arm down it to take it out, but I couldn't get it. It was, it was, it was stuck down. And then when I left, I found out like a few weeks later that it all got clogged up and it all got had to be taken out and stuff like that. So that's that that that's the big one that I remember. But generally, like, yeah, that's no, it's always been quite. It's all right. That that's probably the one where I can remember vividly just getting my fucking pants when it happened. There was a big measuring tape and it fell down the shit pipe. And yeah, yeah, the, the newly installed shit pipe. Looking for no shit in it, but uh, you know. I often think, what's it called when, um, when, when you've like you've basically done a crime, but enough time has gone past where it's like it doesn't matter and you can't get in trouble for it anymore. <laughs> oh, uh, I forgot what it is. Oh, I, mean, I, don't it. Mean that. I like that though. That's that's yeah, funny yeah. stuff. Maybe yeah, I'll, I'll check yeah. out the years and, and make sure we get. I'm, I'm absolved of any uh, <laughs> any guilt. Exactly. All right, Cal. Thanks very much. I appreciate this. Thank you so much, man. I've had a great time. There she was. I cut her off a little bit there. Cut him off. Cal Graham on the chisel on 101 part-time jobs. Cheers for listening. If you got this far, sticking to my word. Although I th- I'm not actually. I tried to make these episodes no longer than the band's record. Um, so I'm not sure if we've done that here. But what a fucking nightmare. The chisel is coming out on the 10th of February. Catch him on tour around the UK with Rifle. What a fucking band. Cheers for listening. If you're able to subscribe, mega. If you're able to leave a review, boing. Amazing. Cheers. And I'll be back next week with some new episodes. See you then. podcast listener do you love talking about movies music tv comics and games then you should be listening to the great pop culture debate back in bigger than ever for season nine this season the panelists discuss the best james bond film the best elton john single the best nickelodeon original series the best batman villain and so much more find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com more than 100 topics are already available subscribe today